another episode of Wizards After Dark, a late week episode, and uh, everything is on Skype now. No in-person pods. Are you kidding me? You know how uncomfortably close I get even before social distancing was a thing? How uncomfortably close I had to get to people to hold a microphone right in their, right in their face, the podcast? So uh, now everything on Skype, all online, and uh, and this time I got... Uh, the one reporter on the internet who uh, has yet to release any sort of uh, rap video about basketball, <laughs> Michael Lee. Hey, what's up, man? We're only a couple weeks in, though, so you know who knows what'll happen in a couple of weeks. I might get so bored, I have to, you know, dust out my notebook and start spitting some rhymes for everybody. I can, I can, I can see it coming because. Maybe just, just just do disc disc records. Just start dissing other writers. Just start <laughs> clowns. Just start beef. Just start just start a uh, sports writer beef. Just to get everybody focused on something else other than the the craziness of these times. That I would love, like a fabricated. We need a fabricated <laughs> sports writer beef. Like you know how how long? So Chris Haynes did one. Chris Broussard did one. You know how long? I'm, I'm, I've been waiting ever since that Broussard one came out. I'm like, all right, when's the Woj one coming? Make it happen. <laughs> like Woj releasing a Mark Stein diss track. That's all. That's all I need. <laughs> yeah, just have just have every all the uh, the guys who are, uh, you know, doing the, the in, in the information uh, information media. They just all start dissing each other. Who who broke what story first? There you go. That I would love. That that's the entertainment we need. <laughs> that's all we it's need. Like you didn't give me credit. Do you do you want to hear? Do you want to? I haven't told you this yet because I want to tell you on the podcast. Uh, so I I had an experience last night. Uh, apparently, even in an age when you're not allowed to be social, you can still have wildly awkward NBA social interactions. Um. Okay. So last night, I'm home. Bradley Beal has been like mm-hmm. all over social media, right? It's all these TikTok videos TikTok, TikTok. and yeah, he's he's live streaming on Instagram and all these things and I see uh Brad's fiance Kamaya is live streaming. Now I'm home mm. and I always like check in on the live streams just to see if it's like, you know, they're doing a Q&A every once in a while they'll say something interesting or newsworthy or whatever, so I check in. And I see Kamaya's live streaming. So I click on it, and uh, it's just the two of them lying down together at home and not saying anything. And I was like, okay, there's nothing going on here. And I was going to X out. As I went to X out, you know, it has, like, the number of people in the chat. And I guess I was the only one in the chat. And I was like, Ooh. oh, man, do I do I X out? They just saw that I was the one who entered. Do I X out? Do I? <laughs> and I kind of panicked, and I X'd out. And then not a second after I X'd out, the live chat was severed. Do you know how, how discouraging that must have been to be like, oh, <laughs> that guy? <laughs> that guy, we're ending this thing. Oh, snap. I wish I wrote something. <laughs> I wish I left a comment. I regret not leaving a comment. You should left a comment. You'd be like, uh, it's just me? <laughs> Is it just me? <laughs> I I I I should have asked them who their favorite that, beat reporter is. You should have. You should have. You said, "Well, well, well it's just the three of us here." <laughs> it's 
crazy. She has so many followers. Since I'm the only person in the world who cares. About yeah. <laughs> Say what? She has so many followers. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, but at that moment, everybody's focused on whatever else is going on. They, they, uh, they're, they're watching. Uh, they're, they're binge watching. Um, what Tiger King or whatever else is going on right now. Yeah. I still need to watch that. I don't. I'm not watching any of that stuff. I'm not watching Tiger King. I'm not watching uh, Love is Blind. I'm not watching just about any of the things that people are going crazy over during this uh, quarantine days. I, I'm I'm in my own little zone. I, I don't need all that stuff. Love is Blind is amazing. Everyone says everything is great, but, you know, I just, I don't know. Yeah, but Love is I've never been one. Love is Blind is going to bring it down, TV. though. You know? Love, Love is Blind is is gonna is gonna give you actually somebody to laugh at during these trying times. I I'll just I'll just watch uh, I'll just watch old shows that I never got to watch um, in live you know live. So I'll get caught up on scripted TV like actual scripted with actors and talented actors. <laughs> oh oh, Love is Blind has talent. I promise you that. <laughs> You can't just pick people like this off the street. Well, people who've trained to actually entertain me. <laughs> I'm not. I'll, I'll check those people right now. I'm not a reality TV person at all, but I'm not either. I I, I can't. I can't. I, I I remember when the first Real World, you know, came on back in the '90s or whatever, and I was like, "Oh, this is so great." And now, 20 years later, I'm like, "Gosh, why do we do this? Why do we put ourselves through this?" You know what I might watch if it happens. I, I don't know why we're all just assuming this is going to happen. Uh, the Big Three reality show, where they're all quarantined. Did you see this? I think Chris Haynes. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that, but I'm sort of concerned about that actually being actually happening, and I'm also concerned about the well-being of the people who will commit to doing that right now. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, like I'm like like for real. Like you can't play basketball that close to each other. And I don't want to be around anybody that much that I get to live with them and play basketball with them all the time. Like, I need a break. I need a break from somebody. At least go outside, you know, on my own, do some things. I can't imagine liking anyone that's not a, you know, member of my family that much that I want to just spend every moment with. I also don't really understand how it's executable. They say that they quarantine a bunch of people together. Well, then it's not a quarantine. Like that's right. You need to bring in stuff from the outside. You need to bring in food. At some point, you're gonna run out of food. Like Joe Johnson needs to eat. What are you gonna do? You know, like I don't even understand quite how it's executable. Like I get it. You're supposed to Lysol your packages when they come in and all that kind of stuff. But that's not a flawless exercise. You could miss a spot, and then everybody in the house has it, and the whole camera crew has it. You know, it's just a weird. Weird idea. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm. I'll be amazed if families will allow them to uh, to go through with it. Yeah, but if Allen Iverson's on there, you know the ratings that thing would get. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Who's Who's the realistic big three participant who you would want to watch on that show the most? Gilbert Arenas. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess that was an easy question, wasn't it? That's the first one that popped in my head just because he's such a crazy personality. So, Yeah, that's a good one. Speaking of which, speaking of Gilbert and Washington guards, I wanted to I wanted to chat with you 
because you wrote a couple of days ago about the Olympics being suspended over at the athletic, which by the way, you can sign up for the athletic still and you can get, we're we're doing 90 day free trials now. So if you want to go on there and uh, do a 90 day free trial, you can, uh, you can sign up. You can do it 90 days before you make your decision. So that's a lot of time. That's three months to figure it out. So you can you can try that out over at The Athletic. And you can also get 40% off on an annual discount if you want to just sign up at theathletic.com slash wizardsafterdark. That comes out to about $36 for the entire year at theathletic.com slash wizardsafterdark. And that's a full athletic subscription. But you wrote the other day about the Olympics being postponed until 2021. You spoke to Jerry Colangelo. I wrote about the Olympics mm-hmm. as well, and specifically in relation to Bradley Beal. I did that story with Ben Standig, just kind of going through how a delay might affect Beal, how it might affect roster composition for next year versus this year with the younger guys getting better and maybe older guys taking a step back, either because they're not as good or because they don't want to put on the miles. Um, I wanted to talk to you about your conversation with Colangelo first. Um, you can check out that story on The Athletic. It was really good. What what were your overall impressions of what it sounds like he was extremely encouraged by it being delayed, but what were your overall takeaways from that conversation? Um, well, one that he, no one knows anything, you know, um, because even though the Olympics have been postponed until, you know, 2021, you still don't know the actual date that they're going to begin. And you don't know, um, when the NBA season is going to come back uh, or if the season is even going to, they're even going to try to salvage it. So if the season is delayed, this current season is delayed till say July or August and it pushes back the start of next season, then that, that threatens the fact that threatens the ability to have NBA players in the, um, in the playing in the Olympics. That's if you, you know, wind up pushing kind of back, but also if, you know, the Olympics decide to say they're going to have the games in April or May. And, you know, say the NBA decides to just scrap this season, just get ready for next season. Then you're in another situation where you might not have NBA players in it. So it's hard to even speculate about who's going to be available. It's hard to say who's going to play because you don't know how the NBA season is going to go. You don't know what the IOC is going to wind up doing in terms of selected dates. So until any of that's determined, all speculation is really like complete and total speculation. It's not rooted in anything because there's so much that we don't know. And I think that's the one thing that kind of stuck with me because, you know, as we got off the phone, he was just like, you know, I'd love to talk to you about the fun stuff and the stuff that we want to talk about. Uh, But right now we're just so caught up in the real world. And, and when I got the phone, I was like, wow, it made it hard for me to write just a general story about, what's happening in the team and the players will be available and everything. Because I thought that at this time in the, in terms of sports and talking about things and, and speculating on rosters is so difficult now because I, I can't remember a time when everything was just hamstrung and everything was held up, you know, by an unknown and uncertainty that we can't put a timetable on, you know, um, there's always like a natural disaster. There's a hurricane. Um, there's some kind of, you know, earthquake or something that, you know, you kind of have a timetable on how you recover from that. Cause we've seen it happen before, you know, um, you know, so there's times of crisis, there's a war going on or a terrorist attack. There are things that we've seen and how you respond to it. 
none of us, at least none of us that I, I know, no, no, have lived through a pandemic of this proportion. And so we're over here saying, well, the games might start playing in May or July. And we don't know when this thing's going to be over. And I think that's was so unnerving that when I started to write the story, I was like, I can't write what I wanted to write because the, um, what's happening right now in our world prohibits me from just kind of talking about things that we just don't know. And so I wound up just writing a general column about how sports have for so long been that needed distraction. You know, you go through all the moments that, you know, we've had a crisis in this country that that turned it around or at least inter- or uplifted our spirits and gave us something to focus on okay so rally behind and i know you're a yankee fan and i'm sure you know if in 11 you know when the baseball came back and um yeah that walk off and you know like i'm sure that meant to you or did it yeah without a question and like i was a yankee fan <laughs> living living in new york too like it was I remember the 01 World Series so well. That was also an all-time World Series. They lost. But I like to remember games four and five when you had the Jeter walk-off and the Soriano walk-off in games four and five. And even, like, that first game back after 9-11 was a Mets game. Like, Piazza hit a big home run. And everyone remembers that home run. And the Mets were not... The Mets were good in 99 and 2000. They were not good. No, they weren't bad. They, I think they won 82, 83 games in 01. But they weren't a playoff contending team. It was a, it was a by baseball standards, meaningless baseball game. But that was like, you know, the, the return of the symbol of things being back to normal in New York. And it's 19 years later, and I remember this random, meaningless late season home run. Meaningless from a baseball perspective. Late season home run uh, by a guy on a team I didn't root for, you know? Because it, it, it was a symbol, but but as you're saying, yeah. in that moment or in that situation, it was a horrible situation, but we were recovering. But we're not in this situation, we're not recovering right now. You know, this isn't Yeah, we're not. This yeah. we're going through Exactly. It. So it's that was that was one moment where it it happened and it was it was over. The recovery wasn't over, the emotions weren't over, but the literally the literal moment was over. The tragedy was done, and then we were all emotionally recovering from it, and in a lot of cases, physically recovering from it. Uh, here, it's just continuing to happen and happen and, and spiraling and get worse. And, you know, a lot of projections have it staying this way for a really, really long time. And if these, uh, yeah. you know, if these, these people continue to go out and leave their homes and go to beaches in Florida and disregard advisories uh, of of how to handle social distancing and not be responsible or respectful or intelligent, then it can continue for longer. Did you see like these these idiots go, going around on social media and licking things or coughing thing on things? Oh my God. And it's like, why would you do that? Arrest them for for attempted assault. Arrest them for attempted assault yes. with a deadly weapon. I I saw the yes. DOJ uh, said that it's it's terrorism. Uh, it's it's some form of terrorism now. If you get caught doing that, good, good. Like I don't give a crap about you you going viral for that stuff. These these 
idiot and selfish people, idiotic and selfish people doing these things like this. This is not going to be better by next week. And that it would be nice. Like I was thinking the other yesterday was would have been opening day for baseball. I wanted to watch. I wanted to watch a Yankees game really badly. You know, I, it would have been great. It would have been a great. Uh, you know, it's a Yankees game, so it would have been a great four-hour distraction. It would have been wonderful, and uh, it was not there. Yeah, it shouldn't have been. But uh, it this this whole thing would be easier if we had the distraction of sports. Like I think that was that was completely true. What you wrote. Yeah, and I, I, even now I'm just looking back, and you mentioned it like that was something we had gone through, and when we're going through it. It's tough because, you know, I guess when you think about a natural disaster, even, um, you know, any kind of you know kind of terrorist act, we're actually li- we're actually living it in a, in a longer extended time, so there is nothing to recover from because, like you said, we don't know when we're going to be out of it, and I'm sure that the moment we are, sports will play that role. You know, sports will, you know, do something to unite people uh, again because, you know, but the fact that we're going through it and it just not hasn't been like an immediate boom. It hasn't been something that just hits you and then it's gone like it hits you and then it's just spreading and slowly growing and growing and growing to the point where it's like, well, how does this end? And you there's, there's really no you don't know how or when it's going to end, like you said, because there are people out there, you know, um, who don't really understand it or care to understand uh, severity of it and i think that's what makes it so dangerous and i think that this week when you saw Anthony towns release that video you know about his mom you know having coronavirus and then i think there's a report that his dad may have it um and you saw the pain that he did in, in sharing that and i, I applaud him for sharing it because i think it really brought again another way of sending home to people that this is real this is not some kind of joke or made up you know, hopes or anything. This is something that's really affecting impacting lives. Uh, I, I just think it's just weird that we're in this place where we can speculate all day about what's going to happen and, you know, how the season's going to be affected and when we can get back to playing games. But the fact is we just don't know how this is going to impact players or touch their lives. I mean, if players lose family members or close people to them, you know, after already missing all this time and, and dealing with just – the fact that the game's been taken away and maybe a loved one or someone else has been taken away, you know, how will that affect everything going forward? And it's just, it's really a, a difficult thing to sort of kind of navigate and try to get through because none of us knows what's going to be on the other side. None of us knows, unfortunately, who's going to make it to the other side. Yeah. Uh, before we move on, I do want to just mention the fact that I know I mentioned this a little bit earlier in the show, but, um, one way to get sports, like we're still covering them. You can come over. We're we're doing we're doing wizards analysis. We, and, and it's not just like coronavirus type of stuff. I promise you, there's going to be uh, a lot of distracting type of stuff. I'm a big believer that sports are there. Yeah, like there are many times where sports and politics and sports and life and and sports and style and all those things intersect. But I believe the value of sports is to be fun. And not to scare everybody, and in this case, to be a distraction. I'm a big <laughs> believer in that, and and I promise you, at least a lot. You know, right out of the gate, yeah, we got to talk about some of this stuff. But eventually, like we're gonna get back to a lot of sports, and I've been trying to do that with my coverage. I just had a a, a three part series on on kind of wizard storylines. I I wish I could see the end of, and it wasn't focused on uh, the season might be over. It was focused on here are some 
some some broad things and some nerdy things that that people might want to be interested in in reading about and I put that out and I had a story with Ben Standig yesterday about the Olympics being suspended and just kind of looking through though how it affects Bradley Beal from a basketball perspective. I'm going to have a lot, have a lot more of the basketball stuff. I have a story coming out. Uh, it's supposed to be Monday now, which I'm I'm pretty excited about, which is just a pure basketball story. Um, and by the way, on Monday, I uh, I just recorded a podcast with Garrison Matthews, and uh, that podcast is going to be up on Monday as well. So look forward to that one on Monday too. Uh, he was he was really good. It was really cool of him to to come on and uh, and podcast with me for that. But if you want to sign up for The Athletic and get those stories, not just my stories, but Mike's incredible work and David Aldridge's awesome work and Ben Standig covering what's so weird to me that the NFL, I mean, I don't have a problem with the NFL offseason going on. You can do it all remotely. It's fine. It's just incredibly weird that all this NFL stuff is happening and nothing else is happening in any other sport. Uh, and, you know, Ben Ben's great coverage of uh, of the NFL in Washington, and, and we got we've got such a good NBA team. We've got such a great MLB team. And if you're interested at all in just having that distraction, a lot of people are doing stuff on old games and and you know feature stories of people they can get a hold of and and all these different things. And I plan on doing the same with the Wizards. And if you want to sign up for the Athletic, you can go to theathletic.com/slash/wizards-after-dark. You can get 40% off on an annual subscription there. That comes out to about $36 a year. Uh, in my opinion, it's worth it. I understand that a lot of people are putting their money to far more important causes right now. But if you want the distraction, if you're going to sign up for a subscription service, I I, I I loved it before I was ever even an employee. Uh, and I think the the thirty six dollars for the entire year is is really great. Again, it's theathletic.com slash wizards after dark, and uh, and you can you can check it out there. Mike, you down to uh, talk about Beal for five minutes? Not not sure. weird yeah, Instagram yeah. lives. <laughs> yeah, or weird uh, Twitter posts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's let's talk about let's talk about Beal Beal Olympic stuff because because yesterday. Um, you know, he's got a chance. He's on the list of 44 finalists. And, and yesterday I did yeah. a story. Like I said, you can check out on The Athletic with Ben just about, uh, you know, about Bill's potential chances at All-Star and how moving it back affects it. And as as I'm writing this story, because the Olympics now aren't going to be till 2021, as I'm writing this story, we wrote it under the assumption that the Olympics are in July and the NBA season is over by July and everyone is eligible. As I'm writing this story, it's really hitting me. Like, next year's Olympics team could be way better than this year's Olympics team. It's going to be harder because you got presumably. Now, some other random person could get hurt. We can't forecast that. But presumably, you're going to have Curry a year removed from injury. Durant a year removed from injury. Clay Thompson a year removed from injury. Kyrie Irving a year removed from injury. And Victor Oladipo a year removed from injury. Uh, you could you could have Zion Williamson and John Morant, who were not on the list of 44. They could just come out next year and play like superstars. I don't think that would shock Trey anybody. Young. Trey Young, for sure. I, we had him in this article as well. They could come out next year and play like superstars. Now, all of a sudden, like you got to put them on the list. Um, there are a lot of really good young guys. Devin Booker is somehow 24 years old. Devin Booker's been 24 years old <laughs> for the last 25 years. He's only 24. Yeah. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are super young. I mean, the the guard and wing talent 
the young guard and wing talent in the league right now is unbelievable. I think Beal has a worse chance of making it next year than he would this year just because of all, like, look at how much better Jason Tatum is than he was three months ago. Imagine what he's going to be a year from now. Yeah, I'm look. I'm looking at a lot of these guys. Like, part of me, you know, seeing how well the season that Brad's having this year, um, you know, the fact that he's averaging 30 a game, um, and I'm sure he had his reasons. I mean, he wasn't able to participate with the birth of his child for Team USA this summer, and I'm just thinking – Man, if that guy had a chance to be on that team that wound up losing and finishing seventh at the World World uh, Cup last year, if he's on that team and he's playing the way he's playing right now, I think that would have been his complete and true star turn, you know. <laughs> and I know it's, it's tough because, you know, he, he made the right decision to be with his family and the timing of it was just, you know, difficult, you know, because, you know, you want to be there for your family. And I totally support him on that. If it had been any other time and he had been available and he had played the way he's playing now on that Team USA, and when they definitely needed some shooting and a guy who could, you know, really create his dribble and, and create out the dribble and, and do what he's doing right now, he would have made the All Star team. He would have been voted on there and he would have had an opportunity because it would have really been a showcase for him. I mean, it really would have been an opportunity for people to see him, you know, in a different environment because you know playing on the Wizards and being. You know, a team that's not really headed anywhere, it sort of changes the way people perceive you and how good you are. But I think if he had been on that stage and it, and if he had done that and he performed well and they wound up, you know, finishing better, at least meddling, um, it would have put him in much better standing, um, you know, for, for 2020. And like you said, 2021 will be difficult because um, there will be so many more players involved. I mean, you wonder if, say, a guy like Chris Paul, older players, Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry, LeBron James, guys will be over 35 and up, if they'll even want to put their bodies through that, um, you know, next year as opposed to right now. And they might be out of the picture, but you still have a really stacked, loaded team because you'll have Anthony Davis, possibly you have, you know, so many other stars. And even a guy like Bam Adebayo who's having a great year, Maybe uh, they realize the error of their ways and keeping him off the team this year, and he he gets a shot. So there's so much talent in USA basketball. There's so much. So there's such a large pool that they can they can draw from. Um, and I think that the fact that Brad isn't on a winning team this year, um, maybe next year he is on one, and that can also elevate him too. Because uh, I think that's the teams are probably going to be selected outside of you know, an actual training camp where you cut guys. So it's really going to be imperative for, you know, when the Wizards get back to who they are and when they add a John Wall or whoever else they get in the draft or whatever, that they have a successful season because that's the only way Brad's really going to be able to leave an impression because I think, unfortunately, as great as he's been playing and the numbers he's putting up, people will probably still discredit it a bit if it comes on a team that's not headed anywhere. Yeah, I think next year – Gives him an opportunity to, because look, I think with Beal, I don't know how much of what he's done this season matters for making Team USA. And, and what I mean by that, he's had a, I mean, the scoring season he's had is unbelievable. I think it matters in terms of saying that he's improved as an offensive player. No question about that. But I don't know how much that skill set mm-hmm. matters for Team USA. Because let's be real, if you look at the roster, let's assume LeBron plays next year and that LeBron is still LeBron because I'm just going to continue assuming LeBron is LeBron until like he's until he's 76 (laughs) years old when he turns 76 
I'll admit that he can transition to more of like a late career Boris Diaw role. But but until he's 76 <laughs> years old, I'm assuming LeBron is the LeBron that we know. So you got LeBron, you got Lillard, you got Paul George, you got James Harden, you got Kawhi. All those guys don't necessarily need the ball, but all those guys are going to have the ball above, like more than Brad. They're going to take more dribbles than Brad will, presumably. Kemba Walker, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, all those guys might need the ball slash have the ball more than Brad. So I think the role that Brad would play on the Olympics is if they say, okay, you know what? You're shooting 35% this year, but we know if we just, because he is awesome moving off the ball. I had a conversation with Nick. Oh, yeah. I had a conversation with Nick Nurse last year, and uh, we were talking about who has the best footwork in the league. And he said to me, "I think it's Beal." And I was like, "I can't." You think his footwork on offense? We were talking specifically offense, and and I said, "You think it's better than Harden's?" He said, "Harden has the amazing step back, and Harden might have the best footwork on specific moves, but Beal has the best overall footwork." Because nobody, and he was telling, we were talking about how Beal is so good at like when he gets trapped off the ball and then back cutting the traps and all these different recognition footwork things, the way he moves off the ball. It's, and this year, man, he, people talk about how he's been lagging in moments when he doesn't have to, uh, when he doesn't absolutely have to go, but that's not true when he's off the ball. It's just not true. He's been unbelievable moving off the ball. If you let him yeah. play basically JJ Reddick style, I think he'd be amazing at that. I think he would shoot forty percent on threes. I think he'd be Yeah. I think he'd be tremendous if he were able to just do that. And that could just be his offensive role. Now, if you want to do that, maybe you end up taking a guy who already has that role. But if Beal says, Yeah, I don't give a crap, and I think from a personality standpoint, he'd have absolutely no problem doing this. Um if he says, Yeah, I don't give a crap, run me off of screens, play me for sixteen minutes against bench units. And, uh, you know, let me take 10 threes per 36 and and just run off of pin downs the whole time and exhaust defenses and be J.J. Redick or Davis Bertans. Like, he could just be shorter Davis Bertans or Kyle Korver or be one of those guys, you know? <laughs> um, and I I think that's the value. He could be what Bill was asked to be his first couple of years in the league. Yeah. Before he actually developed the handle and the, well, the well-rounded yeah. game, he could actually – just revert back to what he was when John Wall first showed up and just kept hitting him in the corner. Yeah, well, playing next to John Wall again next year could remind everybody because his three-point percentage just dipped a little bit. And playing next to John Wall next year could remind everybody, oh, wait, this is what, if John Wall is, you know, even if John Wall is 80% of John Wall, he's still a good point guard. Uh, he still knows oh, yeah. how to play the game. He's still an extremely accurate passer. I mean, people talk about passing as like vision, but John is wildly accurate. Um you know, John can find him in his shooting pocket constantly. If John is good, Brad can show off an opportunity. It's an opportunity for Brad to show off how good he is playing next to a a, a good point guard again, you know, being able to run off and catch and shoot and all that stuff. So oh. that's the role. And I think he could do that role better than a Trey oh, Young yeah. or better than a John Morant, you know? Like if, if Trey Young might – maybe Trey Young's the better player next year, but – if Kemba's already there, Kyrie's already there, Steph's already there, what's the role that Trey's going to play that Brad isn't, you know? Sorry, Mike, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, no, no, I, I think that's that's the one thing that Brad has going for him is that he has the versatility that he can play multiple styles and that he doesn't necessarily need to have the ball to be a productive player. I mean, like I think in the past, you know, say a guy like Carmelo Anthony, 
you know, people thought that he was such a ball dominant player that he wouldn't be able to fit in Team USA. You know, he went there and he was just a catch and shoot monster, you know, because he finally had point guards who could hit him in the right spots. Like he didn't have to back down somebody for 15 seconds and then hit a fadeaway. He could just actually just spot up, you know, anywhere on the floor and just have LeBron or Chris Paul or somebody find him in the corner and he could just shoot, shoot all day. You know, I think for Brad, I think being in that environment where he's just surrounded by so many playmakers and facilitators, he would thrive in that um, because he, he wouldn't have to do so much. And, you know, he's got a wicked step back jumper, but he had, wouldn't have to rely on it so much because he'd just be able to just wear up and fire. Yeah. All right. Uh, I know. I know you got to run, so we're going to wrap up. Thanks a bunch for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Hope you're. Uh... Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks, man. It's, it's cool to, you know, vent about uh, it's, it's odd that, you know, the last time I was on your uh, this podcast, we were talking about coronavirus. And and at that point, I wasn't I mean, I knew it was a big deal and I knew it was really something that was, you know, that was taking over that we need to really take seriously. But I didn't know that like three days later that everything, our whole world would change, you know, that Rudy Gobert would have it. And it's just it's just wild, you know, because it, it that was earlier this month. But it feels like it was last year <laughs> because of how things have gone. You know, um, it's just it's just wild that, you know, everything has changed so quickly and so dramatically. And now we're in this place where, you know, we'll probably be Skyping again soon. If you're if you're unlucky, we'll be skyping again soon. If you're if you're if you're lucky, maybe maybe we'll be skyping again in a while. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll save we'll you see. From me. Uh, it, All right. Uh, I appreciate you coming on as always. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, I've got I've got a I've got a really fun story which I'm really excited for, which um, coming out on Monday, I believe that's when we have it scheduled for now. Sometimes these things are flexible. I got a Garrison Matthews Wizards After Dark episode where Garrison jumped on Skype with me for about a half an hour to chat Wizards and, you know, other stuff and uh and 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 some fun things there. So so check that out as well. Um and uh yeah, I'll be back again next week with some more stuff either with the garrison episode obviously and maybe a second episode we'll see um either way back monday i'll talk to you guys then